Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you ultimate control. With the XFi app, you can pause the Wi-Fi at the push of a button. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Are you ready? Let's make some noise, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. We are back and better than ever once again. Coming to you virtually this time as we record our shows, we always do for Philly Cam Radio. I'm Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner, one Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing this air quote Saturday morning, sir? We've been doing a lot of air quotes, man. A lot of that. <laughs> Roy, I'm doing good. I, I guess this is the be- this is the beginning of... A wonderful Memorial Day weekend, which I have no idea what the hell to do. Absolutely right. And this is the beginning of something very special. Again, not a lot of great things have come out of the quarantine, but the quarantine has opened us up to new avenues, new ways of de- delivering the show to you. And it's opened up our, our, our guest list because now we can have a lot mm-hmm. more guests come through and join us on the show, joining us on the show, freelance, uh, freelance writer, multiple time author. Car enthusiast, music historian. I'm probably missing a couple other things. Most importantly, friend of the show, one Chris Stevens. Mr. Stevens, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great, brothers. Thank you for having me on. I feel like the guest preacher sitting in on the church service today. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, because we're gonna ask you to sit at the pulpit yes. and speak this last dance because there aren't many people that I think me and Roy would co-sign to talk about NBA list. Or any list for that matter. So, I, I mean, like, we know that um, you won't have us, like, jumping out of windows because you have, like, James Harden <laughs> over uh, Jerry West. <laughs> oh, man. I, ha- I had to review that list before we came on today. Yes. And I was just, just like, oh, boy. I mean, and th- this is coming from a freelance journalist. I don't like to critique other people's work. Per se, but that list leaves a lot to be desired, and I'm looking forward to jumping into that with you guys today. Yeah, CJ is talking about the ESPN Top 74 list. We'll get into that later in the show. At the top of the show, we'll talk some last dance, and then later, later in the show, if we get into it, we'll have some uh, discussion about the NFL's amendments to the Rooney Rule and some other stuff going on as well. So we have a lot to get into in this edition of the Broad Street Line. Again, you can always follow us on social media. Chris is uh, Chris Domingo is at SKD215. I'm at the BS line. Mr. Domingo, what, what are we all tweeting about this weekend? Or Mr. Stevens, you can chime in as well. What are we tweeting about this Memorial Day weekend? What's, what's uh, happening? Like, is that Beanie Man versus going to be yes. tweet-worthy? Well, is it tweet-worthy? I mean, not for me. Um, <laughs> but sure. I mean, yeah. If Beanie, was it Beanie Man? Who is it? Beanie Man? Bounty Killer. Bounty Killer. Um, sure. Yeah, not, uh, not uh, too familiar with uh, Mr. Killer's um, uh, discography, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna take a pass on that. And and, and it's probably even money that uh, one of the Wi-Fi's is complete trash. So, oh yeah, so um, yeah, I don't know what I'm. I, I taped like every single Clemson Alabama game they replayed over the last couple days, and so I'll probably like fire up the DVR and watch those. That'll be my weekend um, activities. Mr. Stevens, what, what do you got? Well, I'm. I'm not too familiar with Bounty Killer myself, but Beanie Man has a couple of hits that I'll probably, yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably end up, you know, thunderclapping and slow whining in the crib. <laughs> so I'll, I'll probably tune in just to familiarize myself with Bounty Killer. Um, if I'm not too busy, you know, watching old Lakers games on his YouTube channel that I discovered that will probably that'll probably come up in the uh, that's right. 70 in the 74 uh, greatest discussion. We'll probably talk about that a little bit. And um, more than likely, I'll probably finally get the tweet insecure with everybody else. So, oh, nice. you know, last five Sundays, you know, we've been talking about the last dance. So now I get to watch insecure live. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We got to talk about the last dance, a show that has put uh, the insecure on a whole lot of DVRs over the past five weeks. Um, this has been one of the few things that's brought us together as a community 
um, during this quarantine. And look, it was 10 episodes and they were 10 incredible episodes and it was five weeks of stuff. We got to talk about all of them because we haven't had a chance to sit down. Well, we as a group definitely haven't, but we, you and I, uh, Chris, uh, we haven't had a chance to sit down and talk about this. So we'll go through it all. We got time. We'll go through all this stuff here on, on Philly Cam Radio. Let's start off at the beginning, the genesis of this. Everybody called it the Jordan documentary, which is what it turned out to be. But it was supposed to be, or is supposed to be, a documentary about the 1998 uh, Chicago Bulls final run, their final championship run. Uh, but of course, you can't tell the stories of, a story about the Bulls without giving the story, the backstory of Michael Jordan, the backstory of Scottie Pippen, and the complete and utter disdain those two gentlemen have for one Jerry Krause. So, Mr. Stevens, let me just open things up with you. Was this documentary too hard on Jerry Krause? To call it a hit piece would be <laughs> an understatement. I, mean, I mean, they had all the smoke for a guy that, uh, of course, Mr. Krause is no longer with us. He passed away in 2017, though. He's not here to defend himself. And granted, there's not too much you can fault Michael and Scotty and Horace and Phil for because – to me, it seemed like Jerry was very, very jealous of the success that he actually built. Like a lot of GMs will find a way to kind of sort of let the ego ride. Like, I don't think that Jerry West is as competitive as he is, is looking for all the accolades when you talk about him putting together Showtime, the Lake Show, his uh consultant work with the Golden State Warriors, like Jerry West let his work speak for itself. Jerry Krause unfortunately couldn't do that. And as we as a friend of mine when um we talked about the Bobby Brown story, he who lives longest tells the story. Mm-hmm. So Michael and Scotty and Phil, they outlive Jerry Krause, so they get to tell the story. And unfortunately it it I mean it it was pretty much a drive by on the man's grave. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like, like the thing that I guess, obviously, like, Krauss really couldn't get out of his own way a lot of the time. However, I don't know if people are going to give him credit for putting the team together. Um, and I think, and, and, and kudos to Krauss for kind of having a backbone. Like, I'm pretty sure that if, if, if it were 2017 and, and the new era of, of, of star players basically compiling the roster. Do you think Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen wanted Tony Kukoc on their teams? Who, who was a very integral part of those three titles. So, right. I, I mean, like, obviously, Krause had a ton of his – ton of awards. Ton of – like, and, and probably – and I don't even know if, if he actually, like, dismantled the team prematurely because I, I really think those teams were on its last legs. I, I, I mean, like, it would have been – one of the like one of the teams to I guess be in the mix to win it in '99, but I mean, was like Michael Jordan thinking he was gonna kind of I guess co- convince Scottie Pippen to play one more year after he just <laughs> had it with, with the Bulls is is I think once again just MJ thinking he can do anything. But back mm-hmm. to Kraus, I, I mean, like he put together a hell of a team, like made some shrewd made some shrewd trades. I mean, like, like the Ku coach thing. I mean, he was, I mean, he was what the third slash fourth best player on three straight title teams. I, I like that's nothing to sneeze about. No, it's definitely nothing to sneeze about. I mean, again, like, give. I mean, winning six titles in eight years again is a very difficult accomplishment, no matter how you slice it. And then, given the fact that you know Mike left for you know basically a year and a half, um, did his own thing, and then you you won that second three peak with a you know a largely different set of characters. Again, that's still a very impressive thing. And again, you have to put the right pieces around those guys. And Jerry Cross did that. And like you know, Chris, you said uh, you can't the he who he who lives the longest tells a story. So you know, except for the excerpts of the the, the Cross autobiography that just leaked this week, we're never really going to get the full Jerry Cross story. Which again, on some levels, a little bit disappointing. But again, given the fact that this is a quote unquote Michael Jordan authorized documentary, then I understand kind of the tone of it. That said, Jerry Krause wasn't the only one who got who got a couple a uh, couple strays like uh, head headed his way. According to reports, Scottie Pippen is very frustrated with the way he was portrayed in this documentary. What do so, you mean accurately? Well, I, wait. Well, before I get to you, let me let me let me ask CJ uh, again. Does does this make you think any differently of Scottie Pippen? 
I think what people are going to miss about Scotty, and it's right there in the early parts of the documentary, like this dude grew up, if I can quote the legendary Stephen Anthony Smith, from the gutter. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'd never heard of Hamburg, Arkansas before Scotty Pippen, and I haven't heard of Hamburg, Arkansas after Scotty Pippen, okay? This was, I mean, I don't know, I forget how many brothers and sisters he had, but it was a ton. His father had a stroke. He went to college as a six-foot equipment manager, ended up as a six-eight point guard. And you, you know, being poor and being, you know, kind of an afterthought, it gives you a complex. Regard, I don't care if you become a Scottie Pippen or you're just an everyday person who's made it, you know, that sticks with you. And when you feel like, you know, you're being shortchanged, especially as an adult, when you now have the you have the maturity, you have the experience, and you have the brass ones to say, okay, you know, you're, you're playing me, and I don't appreciate you playing me. Mm -hmm. You're going to come off as, you know, either bitter or a crybaby now. Granted, I'm going to say that the Ku coach thing, he definitely deserved the L for that. Yeah. Because I, I mean, there's no way, like, there's no way that, and, and I think because I guess people were trying to say, oh, did he really mean to say, oh, he would have done it over again? He said he would do it over again. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's one of those things where I, – but I – this is why we have great guests like Chris on. I never thought of that whole, like, I don't know, like your, your, up, your upbringing kind of, kind of brings your kind of – because Scotty was always looked at as this, like um, – like soft, like soft-spoken, gentle, but but very sensitive, and 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 I think his whole shortchanged, like I don't know, my, like he's always felt like he's gotten shortchanged his entire career, whether it was from Jerry Krause or 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 even or not getting enough credit for those Bulls championships, and, and now I guess it's just a continuation of 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 being shortchanged. But but guys, like what exactly? was inaccurate about the portrayal about Scotty. Like, were there any, like, like Michael Jordan, went, I, don't, I don't say went out of his way, but stated, like, like he, he wouldn't have won all those titles without Scotty Pippen. Like, I mm -hmm. mean, like, the documentary put facts out there. He had a migraine. Like, I, I mean, did Scotty want Michael to, to defend him and said, oh, he was, oh, he couldn't see? Or, like, even with, like, the back injury, he said he sat out 30 games because he didn't want to play. Like, I mean, like, did he just want Michael to keep up for him? That's the part I'm, I'm not – like, Horace Grant, however, probably has uh, – probably has some um, – uh, probably needs um, – probably need, like, the 2020 version of Jordan's bodyguards to uh, keep Horace away from him at this point because <laughs> Horace Grant probably has a legit beef with Michael Jordan. Well, all right. Well, let's talk about Horace Grant. I know, I know it comes up a couple episodes later, but let's talk about Horace Grant. And we had Sam Smith on the show, Sam Smith, the author of, of the Jordan Rules, on the show. And Sam Smith has been a longtime Bulls writer. I mean, he's been covering the Bulls, still covers the Bulls, covered the Bulls and covered Chicago sports for, you know, 30-plus years. I don't think Sam Smith would have written the Jordan Rules if Horace Grant was the only snitch on that team. So let me, let me let me pose a question. To, and Mr. Stevens, I'll, I'll start with you. Let me pose a question to, to you. Was Horace Grant the main snitch? Or if he wasn't the snitch, who was the Bull snitch? When you talk about working in concert, you know, mm -hmm. and as you've been kind enough to call me a music historian, I'm going to go down the music path real quick. Okay. You have a rhythm section. You have, you have a horn section. And you have a woodwind section in any good band. Horace Grant was the bass player. Like, you know, he kept that beat going. But I personally think that Phil Jackson was the horn that kind of he was one he was the KC in the Sunshine Band horn section just toot toot tooting all day long. So mm -hmm. I don't think that Horace was alone in that. But I think Phil, in you know to go and use the mob term, knows where the bodies are buried when it comes to Mike. So I I I think Horace is going to be the one to take the L because he just seems like the mark. Like yeah. you know. This is the this is the same guy that Mike said in the documentary was a crybaby whenever he got fouled. So who's right. the easiest person that you can knock off in terms of, you know, 
saying that, okay, this is the dude that, you know, put the, put it all out there. I mean, the same guy that told Horace he couldn't have his chicken nuggets on the plane. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, like, like if, if you don't think mm-hmm. that, like, he was, the like, the prime candidate for – to basically do the uh, – to steal a wrestling term, to do the job for Phil Jackson. I, I mean, like, no, I feel, no, I think CJ's right. Like, out of all the people that could, quote-unquote, expose Michael Jordan, it's Phil Jackson. And I, I, mm-hmm. and I think Phil, I, I, I mean, like, in Jordan's mind, he probably, probably devotes a lot of his success to Phil, well, other than to himself, obviously. But, like, he feels Phil Jackson had a lot to do with his success. Uh, well, other non non MJ entity. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I think on top of man, Phil, like, and, and once and once again, Phil Jackson has written books. Uh, oh, sorry, has written books. So so it's it's not a coincidence that um he might have been kind of mm-hmm. a um, um I don't know like the mole in that locker room. And I'm sure he was. And, and and again, we saw with the during his Lakers tenure, he would put things out in the media, you know, like if to to kind of get Shaq and Kobe to kind of mo- motivate them in his own Phil Jackson way. I mean, but that's part of that's part of why he's so great. Like he knows how to motivate, you know, 15 distinct personalities. You know, a, a lot of these guys are alpha dogs in their teams, and, and now they I mean, come he together. Michael Jordan's poem for crying out loud. Yeah, exactly. He burned the poems. Like he knows how to kind of work these guys, and he knows how to kind of manage these personalities. And of course. Probably the the uh, the the most outlandish one that he had to work was Dennis Rodman, who uh, early on in the Last Dance documentary um, took a road trip uh, during the season to Las Vegas because he needed a break. Um, Mr. Stevens, let me turn turn things back to you. Um, imagine that Dennis Rodman, prime Dennis Rodman in the, today's social media climate. How would that have worked out? <laughs> um. I can tell you right now that Dennis Rodman would probably be what, you know, a lot of these, you know, you want to talk about the term influencer. Mm -hmm. The world would probably be the top influencer in the world today because what dude just says, all right, you know, me and my supermodel dancer girlfriend, soon to be wife, soon to be (laughs) ex-wife. All right, we just gonna take a mental health day. We're gonna go to Vegas, we're gonna cut up, we're gonna act a fool, and we're gonna have Michael Jordan come busting through hotels in Las Vegas (laughs) looking for us to get back to normal. And who and who else is going to say during the middle of the NBA finals? Like this isn't like, you know, a first round series against the New Jersey Nets or the Charlotte Hornets. He in the middle of the NBA finals went and took a chair to the back of Diamond Dallas page. Yeah. I mean I mean, you, you would, Rod, Rodman would probably be the top Facebook and Instagram follow of the 20th century. No, down. he would be he would be like Kim Kardashian. Where like I know because I think because he was really one of the first athletes to really be out there. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you had like your Gastineaux beforehand. Gastineaux was was a was a church boy compared to Dennis Rodman, and, and I think that I think his relationship with Madonna helped. Where like he like mm-hmm. she guided him to say, "Oh, you can build a brand." Like I mean that 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 Rodzilla brand. Yeah. That, like I, I I mean he's been living off that brand for almost thirty years. No, he's he's been living off it for a while, and he's he's still living off of it. And I can't and even imagine. Yeah. Like I, I mean, yeah. like it's not like I don't know. Like we're like some guys are like, "Yo, dude, you look pathetic." People are still kind of like it, like kind of enjoy Dennis Rodman being a weirdo. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing, and it's like he's still, you know, he hasn't played in for you know in years, and he's still, you know, one of the more recognizable sports figures there are in in America. And I'm sure when his documentary drops, I think it's dropping next next year. I'm sure whenever that drops, I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be a pretty pretty big thing. Um, Dennis Rodman again. We, we mentioned Dennis Rodman, of course. He started out with the Pistons, and you know his obviously prime teammate with the Pistons during during his run was Isaiah Thomas. I've been going back and forth over this, and so I'll, I'm going to throw it out to you guys, and you guys can decide who wants to go first. Should Isaiah Thomas have been on that '92 Dream Team? Because I can, I can make a case either way. I really can. My thing with Isaiah is, he just comes off as, you know, fake, and <laughs> that's not, and that's not the discount that he's probably one of the top five point guards to ever step on an NBA floor. Like, you don't have an Allen Iverson or a Russell Westbrook without an Isaiah Thomas. That's right. that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But 
there are some things about the man that have rubbed too many people the wrong way. Like there's the, I mean, we're not even talking about the, uh, the uh, ducking, the ducking past everybody coming off the floor at the end of the '91 Eastern Conference Finals. Right. We're talking about the fact that him, that him and Magic Johnson needed to cry on TV like Real Housewives of Atlanta, mm-hmm. some years later, to even have some sort of kind of normalcy yeah. in a friendship with one of the best in the one of the best in the NBA at the time. And it's probably not you know something for the radio, but. The reason that Magic stopped talking to Isaiah is pretty dastardly on the surface. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. And if you're gonna talk about if you're gonna I mean, if you're gonna, you know, you know, grind the gears of two of the most marketable, likable, admired. Yeah, that like that's my thing about Isaiah Thomas. He hasn't owned anything. Like I I mean like like the sexual harassment stuff, like like mm-hmm. it just feels like there's always been like this qualifier. Oh, um, oh, the Celtics did. Oh, oh, the Celtics did it um, uh, before we did. Well, the difference was you were at home, so you didn't have to worry about like that unruly crap. Two, no one's like. I mean, has he ever owned up to the rift between him and Matt Johnson? Like, I, I've never have. Or like Isaiah Thomas has played this like this victim every time, and I and and. Th- there just has like, and I still don't know what exactly is it about Isaiah Thomas that just I would say rub people the wrong way. Just they hate this man. Like I, I mean, it's not like it. Like Michael Jordan hates Isaiah Thomas. Imagine and I think didn't want to like, and I just like he would be the guy who I want a documentary on because I hear a lot of this like secondary stuff. Oh, he was jealous of Jordan because Jordan took his Chicago shine. I'm like, pardon. He played in Chicago. Like, I, I mean, are you that petty? Well, all these guys are that petty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I think with Isaiah, I don't, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about Scotty because Isaiah, you know, grew up on the South side of Chicago. Harold, he said it in the bad boys documentary, heroin affected his family. Like his brother died of AIDS, you know, from injecting. And these guys all, most of these guys come from backgrounds where, feeling slighted and feeling underappreciated and feeling overlooked is just like a part of their personality. And while Scotty is passive aggressive because, you know, Scotty Pippen and I share the same birthday, September 25th, we're all Libras. So yeah, passive aggression is part is a Libra trait. Isaiah Thomas is Aries and I, and Isaiah Thomas is and Aries are crazy as our house rats. So Mm -hmm. it just, just, that's who they are. That is who they are. And for him to, you know, really, you know, grind the gears of people like magic and Michael Jordan and, you know, those type of folks, and then understand, and then kind of like you know, act like he's not the common denominator. Just frustrates everybody. Yeah, no, no. I think that like, if it was just an isolated incident, that uh, like, and, and obviously, I don't think all twelve guys on the dream team had an issue with him, but there were enough important people on that dream team to say, "Nah, we're good." <laughs> so we we like look. We definitely know that Isaiah had a problem with Bird. We definitely know that he had a problem with Magic, and we know that he had a problem with Michael and Scotty. That's four guys. <laughs> That's why when Rod Thorne called Michael Jordan to talk about you know the dream team, the first thing Michael Jordan said was, "Yo, who all gonna be there? Like, yeah. who's gonna be on this team?" Because he know that he don't want to rock with he didn't want to rock with that dude in Monte Carlo or Barcelona or whatever because chemistry is important. No, no, never, yeah. Other than just the most accomplished group of athletes ever to be joined. What was the like? What was the vibe around that team? Chemistry, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. You saw all those dudes hanging out. Like, I, I mean, like, like, I, I mean, like, because I saw, like, because I, I shout out to YouTube. Uh, they like because I saw where like like Patrick Ewing and Larry Bird, who have like nothing in common, became like good friends during that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't think Isaiah Thomas would have just like been the mood killer through all that? Yeah. Exactly. Oh yes. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's why, again, that's why I don't fault, like, talent, based on pure talent, yes, he probably should have been there I, over John Stockton. Like, I'll give you that. But again, when it comes to chemistry, like, that team would have been a massive Isaiah Thomas. Would I mean, they still would have won because they were so... so but, like, but, like, like, do we even care? Like, no, like, like does, does the general, like, other than the Isaiah Thomas stands, all eight, 18 of them. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, like, do we want to go into, like, the hot tub time machine and be like, 
hey, guys, I really wish Isaiah Thomas would replace John Stockton. Like oh, I, no, no, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cape up for him, but I like I think people should make the case that you know if we judge this just you know apropos of nothing else or, or you know with nothing else factored in, Isaiah Thomas should have been on the team. Like I think well, we can all agree that, on that. He was on that '94 like Tournament of America's. Uh, yeah, well, well, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, after that we got a uh, episode seven and eight, and these are probably the the uh, to that point the most emotional episodes of the series. This was the first time we actually saw Michael Jordan shedding tears because he basically called all of us losers um, because we never won anything. Um, these were also the episodes where he uh, called Scaparella Ho, and he also got into a fight with Steve Kerr. Um, we haven't seen, I, I'm going to say, like, we. there's nobody else, uh, Chris Stevens, there's nobody else really playing team sports these days that has that kind of intensity, is there? No, because nobody else on his on the teams today would actually put up with that foolishness for one. <laughs> and I think and I, and I think it's important to note that like most bullies, Michael Jordan knew who to try. Because, you know, you can you can you can get away with, you know, Scott Burrell, you know, guy from UConn drafted, played baseball, you know, just happy to be there, you know, away from the Charlotte Hornets that were kind of going downhill at the time. But there were two guys famously that were ready for all the smoke. Mm-hmm. They were both seven foot. Mm-hmm. They both probably are like, you know, the, the cool uncle at the barbecue until you cross them. And that's one James William Cartwright and Robert Lee Parrish. Mm-hmm. Like those, and like those are two old dudes that have seen rivers as the old church saying goes. Mm-hmm. And both of those guys said, you can come, you can come this way with the foolishness if you want to, but I suggest you don't. Mike knew who to try basically. And once he and I think once he realized that he and Steve Kerr had a lot more in common, which comes up in the documentary about both of them losing their fathers in, you know, just, you know, traumatic ways, mm-hmm. you know, then, he, then they kind of lay off each other. And then, of course, it comes to the part where Steve Kerr, you know, you know, is, is the guy that Mike can count on in the clutch in the 97 finals. Right. Yeah. No, I think like Michael Jordan got a, like a get away with it because he was like the, the greatest human being at his job like like James like a James Harden caliber player or like even a guy like Dominique Wilkins who was like a Hall of Fame player he couldn't get away with this because he was really good but he wasn't like a let like like there aren't many dudes that one well there aren't many guys that that have the stones to do this and two like there aren't many guys on on earth that have the credentials like I I I mean like could could LeBron James do this with his credentials sure or, or I think so. I, he I, probably, like, probably could. He yeah, probably could. Like, I, I, it just speaks to like I, I mean like it's like it's like in the, it's like in the army. Like he's like the highest ranking. He's like a major. But here's the thing though: it's like I just there's there's nobody even in the league, and I'm not just the NBA. I mean, in any sport that I can think of, anyway, who who has that singular you know mentality like to that level. I mean, again, like Michael Jordan's crazy. Like let's let's oh, no, just Michael Jordan is yeah. the most dog has the biggest dog in the history of in the history of sports. I, yeah. I don't even know if that is indisputable. And and I wonder like I like because it really puts some self-reflection on me. It shows I have no dog. Like <laughs> I, 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 like, I have, like, to, like of Michael Jordan's dog I have maybe point oh 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 one of his dog. But that's but- why he's Michael Jordan and that's why he's still because I think People just ignore whatever you want to ignore from him, whether it's like the political stuff, whether it's like, I don't know, not doing enough, because people still admire greatness. Mm-hmm. And Michael Jordan was just for people in their mid to late, mid 30s to infinity, Michael Jordan was the symbol of greatness for a lot of people. It just. I'm sad because I don't see that now. I don't know if we'll see it. In oh, get off again. the lawn, Roy. No, we're not. <laughs> this is the Boomers Only podcast. <laughs> it's just it's just hard to get to that. I mean, I guess maybe maybe kudos to LeBron for being as great as he is without having that. Because, again, it's like you see guys at that level, like a lot of the guys at that level, I mean, obviously it's not at Michael Jordan's psychotic levels, but a lot of guys who have made it to that, that pinnacle, which we'll talk about, the top guys in the NBA on their profession, they've been a little crazy. No, like, I, I mean, like, look at Kobe Bryant. I, right. I mean, like, he patterned his 
basketball persona after Michael Jordan. And I, I mean, like, like, like you said, he would, there would not be Kobe Bryant without Michael Jordan. There, Kobe Bryant would not have five championships without Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is probably the reason Kobe Bryant wanted to leave Shaq. I, yeah. I mean, like, it's one of those alpha lead dog things that, that 1% of the population has. That's why people are just months, months later after his death still just admires Kobe because you don't see greatness. Like, you think you see greatness. Like, people say, oh, Joel Embiid's great. Joel Embiid ain't great. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, on the on these on the scale of greatness, Joel Embiid doesn't rank with again the guys we'll talk about probably in the next episode. But even though you're great, though, you can still make bad choices. So, CJ, let me ask you this question again. We're sitting here in, in the year 2020. Uh, Tim Grover and Michael Jordan have had more than 20 years to come up with a story about the the flu game. Do you believe this whole bad pizza in Utah excuse? I'm 50-50 on it because we're going to – because, you know, I'm in Vernon Maxwell. You know, nobody should be going to Utah at camp in the first place. But when, when it's the NBA Finals and that's who you're playing, that's where you're at. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, you know, the 20th century where, you know, pretty much you can get anything anywhere at any time. Like I'm from Delaware and, you know, I have jokes about this place all the time, but you can still go – We'll find like, you know, a takeout spot somewhere. In fact, I'm probably going to go find me a takeout spot after we're done here. But <laughs> I think, you know, to, to think about reasonably 1998, one pizza joint open in Salt Lake City. I believe it. But I, but I still also believe that, you know, he definitely had, you know, you know, a little, a little too much that probably had him three sheets to the wind the night before. And maybe he maybe he was maybe he was hung over. Maybe he was food poisoned. But now, you know, it. It's kind. It's kind of like you know the legend doesn't die, even though you know we can't call it the flu game anymore. We just call it the under the weather game because still, whatever was affecting him that he could you know just ch- just block it out and go ahead and put together a Michael Jordan game under those, those circumstances. Like Chris said, only one percent of the people in this lifetime had that kind of you know singular focus, and Mike was it. No, no, Mike. Mike was definitely it. I don't believe again the 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 flu or the bad. I pizza. do. Like, I do. Like yeah, he, no, no, no. no he I had that. He had that brown. He was sipping on that brown, man. We know. Yeah, that. I know. He was probably he probably had one of his thirty-five feet cigars and like <laughs> I, 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 and 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 had whatever the hell he was drinking in nineteen ninety-eight and was like, yo, I yo, like he got drunk and was like, yo, I'm I got the munchies. Give me some pizza. And he probably ate too many people. Like, I mean, it, it happened to me. Or it happened to 40, 400 million people. Like, I, I mean, but it, it just really, but it's just another thing. To th- it's It just adds to, like, the legend of Michael Jordan. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so, yeah, the flu game or the bad pizza game, you know, despite all the odds, you know, Michael Jordan overcomes that. Again, he is the, the winner of six titles. We can debate all night if they're going to, you know, if they would have won the seventh title if they came back together. Let me ask you this question as we as we wrap up or before we wrap up the segment. That Bulls team, pick whichever one of that second three peach you want, maybe the seventy two win team versus the versus that Warriors team. Which team or the, the the Steph Curry Warriors team? Which team wins in the series? Bulls and Seth. Because which team? Which Golden State Warriors team? The seventy. Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Pick one that won a title. Let's just do that. Yeah. Well, like, it's hard for me to take a team that did win a title over a team that won a title. And I still think who's the best player on the court? Like, I've always said, like, when the talent is that equal, I'm taking the the most clutch dude on the court. I'm taking the most killer dude on the court. Like, like, Michael Jordan would refuse to let his team lose lose to Kevin Durant. Refuse. Like he would like he would say over my dead body that I will lose to this skinny booty dude. dude. Now, now the style of play matter. Like if they're playing again, today's rules, you know, with the three-pointers and the way teams play, does that matter? Cuz again, the Bulls are winning a whole lot of 85-82 games, you know, back back during their run. But see but see back then you could probably put hands on guys. Right. Now you can't put hands on anybody. And if you're talking about not being able to put hands on a prime Michael Jordan, it's grand opening, grand closing. Mm -hmm. Like 
I saw, uh, I forget which NBA player today. Oh, it was Danny Green. It was Danny Green who said uh, he thought Mike could get 30 to 35 in um, a, a game today. And I find that to be underestimated. Like, I think Mike would probably end up, you know, in that Will Chamberlain category, you know, not not at 50, but pretty doggone close because you can't put hands on him. Right. You know, you, you got you to rely on lateral quickness. And even at 30, you know, Mike was still one of the quickest dudes on the court and he had built his body up to a point where he could take a pounding. But again, you can't pound anybody these days. So you pretty much are at his mercy. And of course, once again, crazy as you know, crazy is as crazy does. He would probably, you know, just driven everybody nuts. Like he would like he would get subtweeted about on Twitter so much by NBA players. It'd be crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you arguably you arguably have two of the 10 best perimeter defenders of all time. Mm-hmm. On the same team, so I will. I'll, I'll say that that um, that um, Scottie Pippen can handle Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Scotty had. Yeah, I think they everybody can handle their assignment. Not worried about Draymond Green. I'll say I'll just say Bulls and Six because Mike didn't do sevens in in NBA Finals, so I'll just say he Bulls and Six just, to, just when, to do that. In his in all those title reigns, they never lost three games in a row. Never got to a game seven. Never got to a game seven in the finals. I mean, like, come on, man, yeah, no, six and zero in the finals. Like, they, they, what? Not, they only went to game seven twice in six years. Yeah, in any yeah. series. Like, I, I mean, those are the things that, like, oh. We're not going to talk about like LeBron James going seven games with like Paul George and Darren Collison. Come on. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So that was the last dance again. One of the, the better ESPN uh, documentaries they put together. There's some more coming up over the next month. For those of you who are interested, there's a two parter starting this Sunday on Lance Armstrong. After that, there's a Bruce Lee 30 for 30. And there's another one I am very excited about, about Sosa and mcguire uh cj let me ask you uh before we take a break any are there any other sports documentaries you want to see i don't know if you saw the news today but there's a nine-part documentary about uh tom brady coming out next year which no one asked for um but if, if you had if you had the keys um, any sports documentaries that you want to see one that comes to mind off the top especially you know since if we're talking about, you know, honoring the legacy of Kobe Bryant, you, what I loved about him right up until the end was that he was a champion of girls basketball and women's mm. basketball. So you got to do the first dynasty in the WNBA. You got to do the Houston Comets, who won the first four titles in 97 and 2000. You had Cynthia Cooper, Cheryl Swoops, Tina Thompson. Mm-hmm. That's that's, yeah. that, that, that's one of the original big threes right there. So, And when WNBA started, most people don't remember that everyone was, so hung up on LA and New York because of the talent on both of those teams. Of course, LA had Lisa Leslie, you know, gorgeous woman, supermodel looks who could actually hoop. And but the Houston Commons just came in and swept all of that aside for the first four years in WNBA. So I would really be interested to see a documentary on that. No, that, that'd be a pretty good one. Uh, Mr. Domingo, you got anything that comes to mind? I was gonna say, has there been a definitive Tyson documentary? I don't think there has been. I don't remember, like, I just like because I still believe. That 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 peak Mike Tyson is still, and I was seven damn years old when this was going on, so I couldn't imagine being like coherent and like watching and watching sports like this. Like Mike Tyson, I still peak Mike Tyson still feels like the most interesting athlete in my life. I, look, I I can't disagree, and and again we've seen and and and, and this was also when boxing was was way up there in the totem pole of sports. Like, I, I mean, like, you could have a great heavyweight now, and, and and what's it to anybody? Right. Like, not much. And, and and we've seen kind of, like, the reinvention of Mike Tyson, you know, over the years. Um, And so, like, I think that, again, if there was a, a, a Mike Tyson... Or just even of, do a documentary yeah. on 1980 boxing. Like, I was like, well, yeah, you could do that. things like that. Like, because that really was, like, I mean, you had just... Mega stars. You had Sugar Ray. You had Hagler. You had uh, like like you had Hitman Hurts. Like like that was like and and one on top of that, you probably had a lot of shady stuff going on. No, no, oh, yeah. a, a lot. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like you, you can point to Don King. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and that's the thing. Like a lot of these guys. Like if you're going to do a documentary about that time in boxing, like you kind of got to do it now because a lot of these guys are pretty old. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of them are reclusive mm-hmm. and they don't want to talk, but, um, no, that will be a, that will be an excellent, uh, excellent documentary. And again, we've seen like kind of like the reinvention of Mike over the, over in recent times. So there's a lot of, lot more uh, material, 
um, that we, they were covering that. But we will talk about that at another time. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk some more NBA, and we will finally dive into the most, the most Fugazi list I have seen during this quarantine. We'll tell you about that in, the, in segment number two. You're listening to the Broad Street Line on 106.5 FM, WPPM LP, Philadelphia. What? Hear what I say. We are the business today. It's finished today. RT and J. We the new PB and J. We dropped the classic today. We did a tablet of ashes today. Little with the matches and ashes away. We dash away. Donna and Dixon the pimp is rapping away. Doctors of death. Filling our patients of breath. We are the pain you can trust. Trumpet and work. Hooking up curses and slurs. Smoking my brain in the mush. I became famous for blaming you both. Naming my way through the brush. There was no training or taming of me and my bro. Live like a man, but I'm animal raw. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the Welcome back. Segment number two of the show. Is a return to the NBA imminent? Well, I'm gonna ask Chris Stevens and Chris Domingo that. Rumors are swirling that the league is preparing to return to practice early next week and resume a season with a 70-game cap. That 70 games is important because the regional sports network contracts that a lot of these teams have require that teams play 70 games. So do not be surprised by that number because it's all about money. Speaking of money, these games may start in Orlando's Disney World Complex or some other quote-unquote bubble city. Uh, Mr. Stevens, let me start with you. Do you want to see the NBA come back for a short season and then a regular playoffs? No. Long story short, no. My problem with this is these guys have been off for two months, and we are old enough to remember not just the 2012 lockout, but the 99 lockout, and that was some god-awful basketball. (laughs) And granted, you know, these guys don't – and these guys today have way more distractions – than say a Patrick Ewing or a Charles Barkley or Scottie Pippen or a Shaq and Kobe had back then. Like, do you really think that, you know, LeBron, you know, LeBron who, you know, who's kind of looking like, you know, the black Grizzly Adams is going to be in prime form. I can't see it. Granted, if you get to the 70, but then you do say a March Madness style tournament where you just go one through 16 single elimination Mm. or a, or a best of three first round. That's cool. But if you're talking about a seven game each round, then you are asking all for basketball. Yeah, no, I feel like other than for the self-preservation of just like future seasons, because if you don't play any sort of season now, that will have long-term ramifications for the cap and, and, and like everything else. So just in terms of that, play a season. But if you're expecting quality basketball, like Chris said, it's going to be bad. But I, I mean, I'm also not turning on my television. So I, I mean, I really can't complain if I'm watching um, a terrible Grizzlies versus Jazz game. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not going to be great basketball, but you know, like it will be basketball. And I think there's going to be basketball because, again, the money just kind of speaks volumes when it comes to this thing. Again, whether it'll be a, a bubble city like Orlando or Vegas or Houston, who's to know? But I think we're probably going to get basketball in mid July. And a lot of these guys, who are going to play basketball are on the ESPN top 74 players of all time list. I usually don't get mad about lists. Well, because the internet is basically made up of lists and slideshows. So I don't get mad about it anymore. Like I did maybe 10 years ago when I saw this list, I was visibly upset. Like I almost slammed my laptop closed when I saw some of these names on this list where they were. I won't, you know what? No, I'm going to get into it because I can't, I can't help myself. Giannis is number 27 on his list of all-time NBA players, and I'm trying to figure out the, ju- the justification for this, and I can't. I'm sorry. Am I, am I missing something, gentlemen? Am I missing something? No, the only thing you're missing is the person who created this uh, was born in 2000. Okay. And, and like, <laughs> has, has no – and I don't know whether this is, like, a Zoomer or, like, a millennial thing where, like – I don't remember having this lack of respect for the past in like a sport when like we were younger. I don't like, it just feels like this, 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 this young, this young fan base has to like cape up for this generation, which I don't get. I I mean, like, like, like I understand that like boomers want to like take a dump on you, but like, it doesn't like, it doesn't 
just it doesn't disqualify you from showing some respect for like the guys who paved the way for Giannis and Kawhi. And it's like recency bias on steroids. Absolutely. And my problem with this list, I'm gonna I'm without giving away too much, I'm just gonna say that Akeem Olajuwon outside of the top ten is absolutely absurd. That's number one. And number two, as much and, and I'm a LeBron James fan. Like, you know, I think he probably will go down as one of the greatest five players of all time. But Fine. It's all no, but like it's okay that he's the fifth. Like it's like basically like calling him the worst word ever if saying, "Oh, he's the fifth best player ever." I'm like, that's okay. Yeah, my, he's he's actually I think he's number two on the list. But my problem is I'm not quite ready to put him ahead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. For example, Kareem not only is you know as we all know, is the all-time leading scorer. Bron has an outside chance of reach of reaching that level, but his two NBA Finals MVPs are two are fourteen years, and I want to say five president four presidents apart. His <laughs> first NBA Finals MVP was in nineteen seventy one. That's pre Watergate Nixon. Second NBA Finals MVP nineteen eighty five, beginning Ronald Reagan's second term. So you have Nixon, Ford, Carter. Yeah, he's between three presidents. Like. He he bridges the gap. Like, you know, the only two great centers, Pantheon centers of Kareem didn't play are Bill Russell and Shaq. Everybody mm-hmm. else is caught smoke from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I'm not quite ready to put LeBron ahead of him just yet. Kareem, we don't Kareem doesn't get enough respect on these lists in general. And he was third on the ESPN list. And again, wherever you want to put him in, as long as he's in your top five, I think we can all agree that that's fair. I've seen a lot of I've seen lists that don't have Kareem in the top five, which kind of causes me to pause because he, Again, are Kareem, you guys uh, uh, mm-hmm. a consensus Jordan number one? Are we are we consensus Jordan number one? Yeah, I I yes. am. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, but, <laughs> I just but like to get that out of the way. Yeah, no, no, no. Kareem needs to have have a a, a prominent place or more prominent place. No, there are no, there are just certain like segments where like X these players are. I don't care how the hell you you put them in order, but these guys are <laughs> should be top four or five players. And like, like I told you offline, Roy, like my, like my five probably won't change barring something unforeseen. I I mean, I have Jordan, Kareem, Russell, Magic, Will. And again, like I, I I have no problem with that list, but again, if we, we went to uh, Jay Williams, he got, he got visibly upset at Paul Pierce, it was I think it was today when Paul Pierce said LeBron wasn't in his top five. I can make a better case for LeBron not being in the top five than yeah. LeBron being in the top five. Like I don't think that's crazy. Am I wrong, CJ? Like, am, am, is that wrong? I don't think you're wrong. And I think it's like it's like Chris said that recency bias <clears throat> and you know the flavor of the month mentality really hurts. You know the legends of the game because you know. Not, I, I think I, I didn't see where Doc was on the list, but I can tell you that. People tend to disrespect Julius Irving more and more these days, and it makes me want to fight because <laughs> the NBA as we know it today. And granted, Elgin Baylor was the godfather of hang time, as you know, as every, as any OG will tell you. But with the the class, the debonair, the um, the statesmanship, and of course, you know, being able to hang in the air for fifteen seconds at a time, none of these guys are able to, you know be as widely revered as they are without Dr. J. And I feel like, you know, the more these lists come out and the further he gets down the list, the more it makes me angry because, you know, maybe maybe I'm just a homer in that perspective, but you could put Dr. J probably in a, a, a Knicks uniform and he was probably still be, you know, one of the most influential players that ever played the game. It was just a good fortune that he was a Philadelphia 76er. Yeah, so on their list, they have him at 15 which I think is about right. Um, okay, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, but see, I'm, I don't, I don't have, I don't have too much of an issue with that. Um, but I think they have Kevin Durant above him, which, which is a little, which is, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is a little suspect. But that, that, that being said, um, God, these are FCC rules. Oh my God, <laughs> CJ, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to spring this on you. But do you have a, a top five or a top 10, 10 for us for for your your top guys of all time? For my top ten, absolutely. Um. <clears throat> You know, Michael is Michael and Magic are one and one A for me. Like those okay. are the two guys that, you know, literally transcend basketball and at the same time influence today's game. So I got Magic, I got Mike, I have 
Kareem, of course, mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain, Akeem Olajuwon, Bron. That's six. Chuck Wagon, Charles Barkley. That's seven. Um, no Bill Russell. Oh, Bill Russell's in the top ten. Okay, there's eight. <laughs> um, sh- <clears throat> Shucklings. Um, the other two. Yeah, so I'll just go with that eight because that's okay, an eight. That's, that's an eight man rotation that would pre- be be pretty hard to beat as is because you've got. You've got point guards, you've got length on the wings, and you've got, you know, dominant, you know, centers. So, oh, Shaq, number nine, and Kobe, number 10. There we go. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I like, I think, like, for the most part, everybody's not, – not everybody's, because I saw somebody – I sent uh, Chris Domingo. I sent him a tweet today that had Bill Russell 13th and almost, again, passed out. Um, oh, what? Like, I th- oh, what? You mean, does, does that represent the number of titles he has? <laughs> exactly. If a, man, if a man has eleven titles in thirteen years, how do you have him thirteenth of all? Like, I just don't. I, no, I, I, like, like <laughs> the biggest problem. Oh, sorry, Chris. The biggest problem for me in all this is younger players not being able to intellectually speak about the past, and past players not being able to not look like complete boomers talking about the new game. Like that really is like, and, and for some reason this only happens in basketball where there's this, like this, like West side story, territorial stuff going on with old, old guard and new guard. And really it should be like a celebration of everything, but there's whole, Oh, 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 Larry bird would be trash in today's NBA. I'm like, just go on basketball rap because that really is the whole like because I saw someone say Larry Bird would be mid in 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 in, uh, in today's era. I was like, oh my god, you obviously don't know that this man in probably the greatest era of professional basketball won three straight MVPs, three straight, three straight, and it wasn't even close. Like the three years that he won, the Celtics won 63, 63, 67. Yeah, no, you know, like, one of those that 86 Celtics team is in the mix with the 90s, like that, that 96 Bulls, and if you want to put that crummy Warriors team on there, be my guess, as one of the best teams of all time. And it just feels like, oh, oh, he's not at like you don't think Larry Bird would have outsmarted a couple of these guys that that, that were probably gonna guard him. I mean, that's where the disrespect, like and and I think Austin Rivers is like, oh, Dwayne Wade's a, a top 12 player. And and if you don't disagree, like you never play basketball. I was like, oh, we're gonna play that game. <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna listen to the son of Doc Rivers, it's probably not gonna be about basketball. <laughs> And, and and the thing about Bird was, again, like Chris said, like he would outsmart guys because not only was he talented and had the basketball IQ of like Albert Einstein, he could get inside your head too. Yeah, no, like he was not like people have multiple people have said Bird was the biggest bleep talker in the history of the NBA. Like he's the only man. But but one, you can only do that if you knew you were good. Like Larry Bird wasn't this like this like. Just like Hick from French, like he he was a killer, and, and that's where like I mean, like like killers come in basketball. Killers come in all different sizes, whether it's LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Larry Bird or Allen Iverson. It's just I just wish we could just have this like this like summit of of nations and be like, yo guys, can we like celebrate like everything except for those like those mid two thousands era because they suck. Oh god, yeah, that was awful. And I was gonna say about Bird, you know, for him being able to get inside the head, he's the only person, the only player in the history of basketball that made Dr. J want to fight. That should tell you something about his level of trash talk. Exactly, exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a radio show that, that doesn't put Giannis as the 27th best NBA player ever. He still hasn't won a championship. That that does not put Steve Nash over Isaiah Thomas, that does not rank Anthony Davis over Dominique Wilkins. And yeah. probably probably doesn't have Damian Lillard on the list, and I like Damian Lillard, but you got we gotta relax on no, this. Like, but like, now, here's a, like <laughs> out of all the guys currently playing, mm-hmm. how many of those guys would you put in your top fifty? Not even not even thinking one and a half times. Top fifty? Oh, it's probably it's probably at least half dozen. I mean, it's probably half dozen. I mean, because obviously Curry and Durant, uh, and well, Vance is still playing. He's probably he's he's well, he's probably borderline top fifty. Um. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many. Well, LeBron, I mean LeBron, but yeah, no, like it, for me, it, and and I wouldn't put Wade in there because Wade's retired. Mm. But like yeah. the only people I would put in there right now are LeBron, 
Curry and Durant. And you can compel me on on a, on a day I'm feeling in good, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I could probably I could no, probably make Kawhi Leonard yeah. hasn't done it for like shouldn't like being in the Hall of Fame be like, yo, you did this for a really long time? Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean he has like I mean his resume is really impressive. Yeah. Um so I mean if you don't have longevity, but you have, you know, a couple of finals MVPs, and all right, well like, you know, I'll make a, I'll make a case for you. Um yeah, it's not I guess it's not a lot of guys now that I think about it. Um and people talk about this being the best era of basketball ever. I mean, how many Hall of Famers are, are playing right now? Not a lot. Yeah, no, and no, um, more importantly, what guys could you see end up being top fifty? Like when all said and done, CJ, yeah. let me let me defer to you because yeah. I, I I don't want to, you know. I feel like I I could put. I mean, I mean, LeBron is the one that is probably going to end up being top ten right. when it's all said and done. Everyone else is probably fighting for like you know space in the top fifty, like you know Durant, Curry. If Giannis can keep going, sure. If Kawhi and Kawhi is an interesting case, like Chris said, he doesn't have the longevity, but he has the resume. Bill Walton probably played in about less than half of the games of thirteen years, but he's still thought of as one of the best centers to ever play the game. No, that's a great comparison. Like I would, like I would put, I would say he's Walton with cornrows. Like I, I, I mean, like he, like because no, Roy's right. Like if your resume is great, doesn't matter if you played seven years or fourteen years. However, it just feels like like I don't know if it if, if, because because I feel the one guy that can that can that's a that will be a top twenty player. I shoot, he might be now. Is Curry? I don't. Will, oh, he is now. Yeah. Will Durant be a twenty top twenty player? I think he is now. I think he's right on. I think he's right on the edge. I think he is now. Woo! I think he, he's yeah. he's such a good scorer, man. He's such a ridiculous scorer. He has he has multiple finals, multiple finals MVPs. Multiple titles, and I know they're Fugazi titles. I get it, but you haven't like we haven't seen five better players who can put the ball in the basket better than Kevin Durant. We haven't. Like, what? We, just haven't. we haven't. What? Pure, sc- pure scores? We haven't. Holy! We haven't. I mean, you got to remember, like this is a dude that literally is going to probably go down as the next game changer. You know, he, he lies and says he's six foot nine, but he's definitely seven feet tall. He handles like a guard. He shoots like, you know, Steph. But the beautiful thing about KD is his willingness to get better on the defensive end. Like, he really had some moments in the 19, in the, not in the 1918, 1918, what am I thinking about? The 2018 finals where he had LeBron on the clamps. Like, I mean, when you, when you, when you put all of that together, you know, no matter how annoying he is as a personality, KD probably is top 20 dead or alive right now. Yeah, uh, he's no, well, definitely top twenty annoying of all time. No, but <laughs> but I but, but I feel I need to no, like I, I mean, well, that's the thing about this this kind of discussion is I respect your opinion, so I need to go back to my lab, my couch, and crunch the numbers <laughs> and see if Kevin Durant because he might be like because like I, I mean offhand I I can't dispute that, so I'm gonna go back to back to the lab and confirm or deny this. Yeah, please go back to the lab, crunch the numbers on Durant. And while you're there, Mr. Stevens, again, we thank you for coming on the show. Before we're awesome. done, before we're done here, please let everybody know how they can follow you online and how they can uh, how they can check out your work. Well, I'm a little I'm everywhere, and you'll probably see Roy, you know, checking me for saying something foolish on the Twitter machine. My 100%. handle there is, <laughs> my handle there is CJ Writes and Things. CJ W R I T S, the letter N T H A N G S. I have a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Chris Stevens, right? C-H-R-I-S-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-W-R-I-T-E-S. And I'm an easy person to talk to. So, you know, just, you know, whatever you want to, you know, talk about if it's sports, if it's music, if it's, you know, saying something that Roy will probably end up asking me to leave the um, the internet for, you know, I'm all for it. So that's where you can find <laughs> Thank you again for joining us. This is this, is, this New Day edition of the podcast. Yeah. This, was, this was fun, man. We got to do it again. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, We are out of here. Mr. Domingo, give the snappy clothes, please. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. See you guys. Yeah.
At Ithaca College, students work closely with faculty mentors in more than 100 academic programs to explore theory, hone their talent and skill with ongoing practice in their field, and gain real-world experience through performance in research labs, clinics, studios, and internships, starting their first year as an undergraduate. Learn more at Ithaca.edu. That's I-T-H-A-C-A edu. Mucho ha cambiado, pero una cosa es cierta. Dark Horse Toyota en Silver Spring te ahorrará tiempo y dinero. Recibe financiamiento del 0% en Camrys, RAV4s y Tacomas. Visita darkhorsetoyota.com. Sin pago inicial no se puede combinar con otras ofertas. Excluye híbridos. 0% APR en Toyota Financial Services. 60 pagos mensuales de $16.67 por cada mil dólares de préstamo. Para compradores calificados con crédito aprobado. No todos los compradores calificarán. Más impuesto, placa, título y $300 por cargos de procesamiento del concesionario. Visita el distribuidor para más detalles. Termina el 1 de junio del 2020.